Here goes, and welcome to the 107th episode of Throwback Hoops. Wood is in the house. Please follow the show on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. We appreciate everyone's ongoing support. And as always, I'm joined by my main man, Robbie Gittin. What's going on, brother? What's up, Woods? Good to be back. Um, we've got a lot to talk about this week, don't we? It's been a pretty big week in both the NBA and NBL. Um, one week out from NBL finals as well. Not sure if both of our teams will be in those finals, but we can, um, we can certainly chop that up a little bit in the show. Definitely a really exciting time of the year, Robbie. And yes, I can't wait. So without a further ado, let's do it, man. Um, let's get this show on the road. So what jerseys have you got for us today? Sounds good. So as usual, I'm doing the double. Um, so I'm doing a Sacramento Kings double throwback jersey today. So some real old school looking ones here. Um, so look, the one I'm hanging up behind me there. So um, it's a DeMarcus Cousins um, Blue Kings Adidas jersey. So a throwback to the 1980s jerseys that the Sacramento Kings wore. Um, Obviously, not a lot of people know about Boogie, four-time All-Star. Um, so what I thought I'd do, maybe didn't speak a lot about Boogie, I'll focus more on the one I'm wearing now. So I'll stand up and sh- um, show you this one. Bit of a blast from the past. I know it's someone you probably like, so I'll give you a look at this one now. And for those who can't see, Robbie's wearing a Reggie Tews number 24 Samana Kings jersey. What I'm a good-looking no- guy. I know you're well. loving that one, right? I know you're loving that one. <laughs> Yeah, nice, nice. I've been wanting to wear this one for a while, actually. I was sort of digging through the cupboards last night and it was kind of stuck up behind. I'm like, oh, I've got to wear that. Really like this design, I've got to say, as well. So this particular one, Woods, it's a um, um, Hardwood Classics jersey um, showing the 85, 86 jerseys that Reggie Theus wore for the Kings back then. So definitely a nice-looking jersey. Um, look, a little bit about the man known as Riverboat Reggie. Um, he played 14 seasons in the NBA after getting drafted out of UNLV. Um, at pick nine in the 1978 draft. Um, a great year that one was. Um, drafted by the Bulls, and he went on to play with them, um, the Kings, the Hawks, the Magic, and the Nets. Um, actually finished his career in Europe. I believe he played a season in Italy and then a season in Greece there. Um, pretty decent accolades. Um, two-time NBA All-Star in 81 and 83. Um, he was an NBA All-Rookie first team. Um, his number 23 is retired by UNLV. Uh, career NBA averages as well, Woods, of 18 points, um, three assists and six boards, so pretty solid stats there. Um, So he's currently 66 years of age. Um, He coaches at um, Bethune-Cookman University, which is a a Div 1 college in Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, I must admit, when I saw that last night, I'm like, wow, I don't know a lot about that um, that college there. So I had a look. Probably the most high-profile player I could see from that college is actually in the NBL right now. So none other than 36ers player Alex Starling. So he was about the only one I could see that sort of is any sort of name that's gone on to to play professionally from that college. So... um, I certainly remember his years with the Kings. Um, also, that one season he had with the Hawks in 1988, that was, you know, I was around 10 at the time, real huge Hawks fan at that time. So he actually played all 82 games and averaged about 15 points. So what are your memories of Theus Woods? Um, I think you'll probably say he's acting, um, given he was on that hang time show from 95 to 97. But, yeah, what were your memories of Reggie Theus? Just a, he was a ladies' man, you know, that's for sure, right? He was one of those guys that... Um... Uh, you know, it was always a, a, a fan favorite with the female fans of the sport. Um, just a unsung performer as well. Quietly went about his business. Great teammate. Um, if you watch basketball, love story, great documentary. There's a there's a quite a nice piece on Reggie Tears. Um, 
and yeah, obviously, um, stayed involved in the game and, and still giving the, to the sport. So, um, yeah, I remember him fondly for not only what he could do on the court, the great legend and life character as well, right? Unique personalities like that. The game Definitely. does, right? He had a very short stint as head coach of Sacramento too, didn't he? Um, they signed him, I think, maybe for yep. a three-year deal. I'm not sure if he even lasted a season there, which is a bit strange. But um, definitely a homegrown California legend as well. He was born in Inglewood, as I mentioned, the UNLV um, player with his jersey retired. They're pretty modest stats. I was interested in a look at that. Didn't have amazing stats in his three seasons at UNLV, but enough for him to retire his jersey. So, yeah, liking this one, Woods. I'm not sure. Is this one that you knew I had in the collection? I always like surprising you with maybe uh. some you didn't know I had this one. So... Nice, nice. Um, plenty I of love Sacramento. those jerseys. They are nice, aren't they? Yeah. Plenty of Sacramento jerseys. I reckon after the Hawks, they've probably been my second most represented teams. I don't know quite how that's worked out, but yeah. Shout out to Boogie. Shout out to Reggie Theus. So I see you're rocking a nice um, Nets one today. Why don't you um, show us that one? Sure. The Woods are standing up wearing the Nets number three. Petro jersey. Rest in peace. Now, I hope you're going to Rest pronounce his peace. name properly, Woods, because I know you do sometimes say it wrong, but, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Petrovic. Correct. Nice. We'll go with that. Nice jersey. I'm liking that one. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, as he's rest in peace, 1964 to 1993, he was taken too soon from us. Um, paved the way for future European players, right? Um, yeah. He was the 60th overall pick in the third round of the 1986 NBA draft. Um, stayed with Real Madrid for a few years before coming to Portland Trailblazers and the New Jersey Nets. Um, his short NBA career is all NBA team, uh, two time, um, well, in Europe, as a two year old champion. Um, you know, apparently he scored a hundred points in a game from memory. Um, it was really unfortunate that he got taken from us too soon, but he, the legend of, uh, of Dragon lives on, right? I think he really broke that notion of Euro players being soft back in the day. I mean, this is a guy that came out and he was certainly soft, would never be a word you could use to describe him. Um, he had a real kind of aggro about the way he played. Um, tenacious defender, would always dive on the floor for loose balls and just an amazing shooter. You could tell he was someone that had just practiced so much on his game, you know, throughout his, his junior years and, you know, making the, the NBA and he's, you know, what sort of mid to mid to late 20s maybe um, by the time he got there. So, yeah, absolutely. Woods taken too soon. Um, would have been really interested to see how, you know, much of a career he could have had um, if he wasn't, um, wasn't tragically killed. I really like it how someone wore his jersey in the three-point shooter. I'm just saying Lanku was Golden State sharpshooter. Then he played for New Jersey uh, as well. What was his name? Um, I'm on a blank now. Um, how long ago? I can't even remember that. It was a while back. And a point shooter. I'll get the name. Okay, right. <laughs> um, all right. So let's, uh, let's move on, man. I want to sort of start with some NBL talk, right? Mm. Um let me bring up data first and foremost, and, and let's have a look at it and, and, and see where things are at, right? So You've been busy with the slides this week, I know, Wood, so yeah, let's see that. I have. You're still on that dial-up internet today as well, I see, Woods. Did that ladder come up yet? Yeah, it's up, it's up. Yeah, interesting, so, isn't it? So, yeah, look, a lot of teams have got doubles this week, don't they? Like, what's that? One, two, three, four teams have got doubles there. Um, so I think a few teams have definitely been knocked out now, haven't they? So obviously Southeast and Adelaide and Cairns are all out. Um, and so is it basically just down for Kings for that, that, that sixth spot, right? 
Yeah, so I mean, the Kings have got to play South East Melbourne this game, and they sh- should take that out. Um, you'd like so anyway. I mean, they haven't been in in the best form lately, but you think an undermanned mm-hmm. South East Melbourne team should be enough for the Kings to to beat, and they should probably just sneak in sixth spot. But you know, um, I think you've got to be really happy with the way the Hawks have played. That was a big win yesterday against Sydney, right? So. Uh, yeah. I mean, interesting, that, the, yeah. interesting, was he saying they should sneak in? I mean, the, the destiny's not really in their hands now, is it? If, like, say Brisbane win that game, they go to 14 wins, Sydney can't pass them. And if New Zealand go 2-0 and in this last round, they go to 14 and Sydney can't pass them. So it's it's dependent on other results rather than them. They could, you know, they could beat South East Melbourne by 50 this week and still miss out. So it's unbelievable to think, isn't it, the, the, the defending back-to-back champs there are, you know, fighting in seventh spot now and, you know, three games under 500, which I know we mentioned last week, we just totally shocked to sort of see that they'd be under 50% there. But, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting round, isn't it? Well, I think the breakers play the bullets, right? So one of them is going to lose the game and oh, uh, right. Kings have a fast period, um, you know, percentage there. So... Provided they beat SEM, they're pretty much guaranteed that spot in the top six, uh, right? So. Good call there. Yeah, bullets are really yeah, minus 60. And that just shows you, like we spoke again last week, Woods, about how important it is to, to get these shots up at the end of games because this could make a difference, you know? It seems that there's no running out the shot clock and trying to do the generally thing anymore. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. And, and Kings are at home as well against South East. Uh, is that right? Or? No, they're away. Oh, so they are away. Okay, sorry. Eight. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Oof, man, you never know. South East would love to go in and play spoiler in that game, wouldn't they? And sort of end the... And the, the championship run of the Kings there. So, wow. Yeah, we're going to be watching those these games of interest. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's just move on to, to the round there and uh, speak a little bit about those games and the teams, right? So, biggest round, last round of the year. Uh, maybe I'll start off with Illawarra's Perth Wildcats on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, look, Illawarra seem like they've had Perth's number a little bit. Um, I'm not sure. Perth have got the two games this week. They've already wrapped up second spot, so I'll be interested to see what John Reilly's game plan is this week. Do they try and potentially give some of the bench um, a bit of a go? Um, very strange last game against Cairns. It was seemingly a game for three quarters, and just Perth ran away with it um, against a, a Cairns team who have got quite a few issues, I, I would have thought. Um, yeah, I'd say Illawarra might win this one. I feel like they do have Perth's measure at the moment, so, yeah, I'll say the Hawks. So, yeah, I'll probably agree with you on that, but let, let me ask you something. Do Perth still have a mathematical chance to be number one? Um, possibly, yeah. Melbourne's definitely got that better percentage there. So, look, I think if Perth go two and out and Melbourne lose, they could. But, um, yeah, Melbourne's got cans. Perth's got two games. I, I think it's very unlikely. Um, I think Perth would almost be more happy just to, to finish in that second spot and, like I said, maybe play Cotton some limited minutes, give... Give some more run to some of the bench guys, you know, your Henshaws, your Okwera, maybe Corey Webster, those sort of guys, and try and try and keep the main guys fresh. Yep, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that one. So this is the next game on Friday night that I told you that it's going to be really important, Huge. which will almost guarantee, which will guarantee that the Sydney will make it through uh, to the top six. It's New Zealand at home um, hosting the the Brisbane Blitz. So I think I, I think New Zealand should be able to take care of business at home. What yeah, do you think? I agree. Thoughts? I agree. I think New Zealand, and look, that um, points for and against the Brisbane could really come back to bite them being, you know, so so far behind the eight ball there. So I think New Zealand at home should get that one. But, yeah, that's going to be a, a game to, to watch that one for sure. All right. And then Cairns have had the war on Melbourne United. You think Melbourne mm-hmm. might actually rest some of their guys, right? 
um, in this final round. They've got they've got two games actually. Melbourne do it's not a single. I think they've got two this round, right? So yeah, yeah. What's going on with Canswoods? That's a, a weird team. I know you might have tweeted or you certainly sent a message and sort of mentioned that you know the Taj McCall thing, nine minutes playing against Perth, but seems to be a few issues. I'm wondering whether it's one of those cases. They've clearly got a good coach there, but we've mentioned on on you know previous shows back in the day that sometimes the coach's voice starts to not be heard as much when they've been in a team for quite a while. So I wonder if it's that sort of situation for Cairns, or do you think that's something they can work out there? Look, I'm a real concern because having Taj McCall play in that must-win game was really important for them. There's no way they're a better team with him off the floor than on the floor, right? Yeah. Um, look, he's the spiritual leader of this team. Um, he obviously coached the team in the preseason. Um, at halftime, you've got those little features on NBA players at the halftime of games, and he talks about his how Adam Ford is like a bigger brother to him, and they've developed such a great bond over the last three years. He's spoken about staying in Gensler um, and naturalizing, and much like Tyler Harvey may do shortly. So for them to have a falling out of such magnitude where he's getting put in the doghouse, and you could see on Taj's face sitting on the bench that he wasn't happy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Annalie Mayley was saying on the sideline that, like, those two were so icy, they weren't even talking to each other. Um, and I'm, it, it's a very big concern for me. And, and Adam Ford, as much as I've liked him over the years, rotations this year leave a lot to be desired. One guy plays one week, one guy doesn't play. Um, and I'm not sure that he's done as good a job as he has done in previous years. It'd be interesting to get your thoughts on how you think Adam Ford is performed and what's the future there? Will Taj McCall come back to Cairns next year? I also think Bull Qual's body language was really poor throughout that game. He was, you know, arguing with assistant coaches. He spent literally half the game complaining with refs. He was, I don't know what, what his story was in that game. But, yeah, look, I think Ford's definitely loved up there, you know, probably internally and, and externally as well. So I'd say he will be back. Um, yeah, not quite sure about Taj McCall. I'm not sure if he's under contract for another year. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, obviously he likes the place. He's been there a while, probably calls it home now. But, but, yeah, we'll see if they can sort these differences out. I think they're both guys that, you know, have got a good relationship, so maybe they're a chance to sort it out. But certainly it didn't, um, it didn't look good in that game against the Wildcats, did it? Yeah, no, it didn't. Um, okay, so this is a must-win game for Sydney. Um, I'm not sure if any of the, the stars will be playing for Southeast Melbourne, Gary Brown or uh, Crew, or obviously Alan Williams is out for the season. Um, mm. Really, Southeast Melbourne would be best place to give these young guys more of a run and, and sort of start you know, preparing for next season and give them some experience. So can you see Sydney losing that game? Well, I think someone probably needs to tap DJ Hogue on the shoulder just to let him know that the season started. So that might be a good idea if someone can do that this week and we're in um, the last round of the regular season. Um, but, yeah, way too much for Sydney to play for here. Um, geez, this would be huge if Southeast with a, you know, half their team out could knock off the, you know, the, the back-to-back chance. But, yeah, I'd say Sydney should win. And, look, they might even win comfortably in this game, I'd say. Yeah, DJ Hogue's visibly been playing with an injury, right? You can see that he's not at his best. People are just blowing past him. Um, does Sydney run it back with DJ Hogue next year if he's fully fit? Yeah, I think they could probably give him a pass, couldn't they, if he's had this injury lingering all season. But again, would some of these you know substitution patterns, um, we saw Tui was getting some weird spot minutes last week, still feel like there's too much Angus Glover and, and Sean Bruce there. So I'm really not sure what's going on. I don't know what can save um the coach at the moment. So, although if they win this one and then they suddenly win a play and get into the you know semis or the the grand final, maybe he does stay. But yeah, a lot to a lot to ponder in that in the um, the Harbour City at the moment. 
that notion is far-fetched, man, what you just said. But anyway, let's move on. Tasmania versus Perth uh, at my state, my state bank arena on Saturday. That's going to be a really good game. And with Perth probably locking up that number two seed. Um, I don't know, Tasmania, I've got Tasmania probably winning that one. Man, look, these are certainly two teams that could see each other, you know, later on in the, in the playoffs there, depending on what, what happens there. So, again, I'm not too sure with Perth. I mean, yeah, finishing off with a road trip there, um, how hungry they'll be for this game. Um, I don't think they want to go into the final series, like, losing those last two games. But, look, I picked Illawarra to beat them, so maybe I'll say they split it for the weekend and they beat Tassie in this game and, and go 1-1 for the weekend. Fair enough. Um, and then United versus Illawarra. You think that if Melbourne have locked in the number one seed at this point, that a lot of the guys would be getting a bit of a rest in, in that game, considering they don't have to play the play-in, they're just going to get a free run that front yeah. of the playoffs, right? The thing for me is I still reckon that Melbourne roster is the deepest roster in the league, so they could rest a lot of their guns and still have a quality outfit out there. So, um, yeah, I think Illawarra will probably do what Perth, what I'm picking Perth to do and go one-on-one. So I'll say United, um, you know, wrap up that that uh, minor premiership and, and beat the Hawks. Yeah, look, um, I agree with you then. I just want to quickly touch on Illawarra. Um, Coach Justin Tatum has, has brought a starting lineup and moved Justin Robinson to the bench over the last three or four games. And Justin Robinson's really been closing those games out well and, and playing some good basketball. You think that he stays on the bench as they go uh, into this playoff run? Probably not a bad idea to do it. Um, and look, his field goal percentage is still absolutely horrendous, um, Justin Robinson. Yep. But yeah, maybe that's not a bad idea. Bring him on against some of the more second units there. He's still a very good defender. Um, he can make some things happen on the court. So yeah, I still feel like they're trying to find the, that. That's another team that's quite a deep roster. And I think it's trying to find that balance of fitting guys in there. But yeah, Tatum's doing a good job. So I think they'll probably, probably stick with what they're doing. How good has Hickey been? I think Tatum's got the best out of him, hasn't he? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right, this final game, Adelaide's obviously out um, and can't qualify for the play more, but this will have finals implication, and it's, it's going to be a must-win game for the New Zealand Breakers as well, right? Um, yeah. They, they could end up being a 500 team if they, if they do win, right? Yeah, I mean, Scott Nunes is a, a big game for him, right? He'd really want to see the season out with a win on the home court there, um, on that home court with Brett Maher's signature on, so I know they're pretty close, those two, so I know Nunes would love to get a win there. Um I'm going to say Adelaide might finish with this one. Maybe New Zealand do the 1-1 split this weekend as well. So, yeah, I certainly like what Adelaide have given. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll back them at home in this one. Okay, that's, that's interesting, man. Um, I'm, probably, I'm probably going to go to New Zealand on that one. Yes. Now, listen, um, I'm hearing through the grapevine rumours that it's very close, nearly a done deal, that, that Brian Gorgian is going to take over as head coach of the Adelaide 36ers and Scott is going to move in as the head of basketball operations. Yeah, interesting if that uh, happens. What do you think I mean, about that? Well, it would be good, firstly, to, to keep a club legend in Ninnis around. But, look, I think you probably can't go wrong with Gorge. And I know a few people were slightly concerned about, you know, some of the moves and some of the coaching he had in that um, that World Championship there. But I think, you know, World Cup, I think we give him the benefit of the doubt there. He's an absolute legend of the game there. So I think it's probably a decent move there. He's got great rec- recruiting power as well. Um, you know, you could see him getting some players maybe back from places like Japan or, or Europe. doesn't seem like there's a lot of Aussies in Europe these days. They're either sort of in Australia, America or Japan these days. But I'm sure he can get some of these, you know, contacts and get some some good guys back in the league. So, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a big coup for them if they can get a big name like Gorge, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Let's see how that plays out. Really interesting round. So everyone yeah. just uh, keep your eyes peeled to the TV this weekend. Um, look, I want to move on to some NBA talk. we got the All-Star Weekend coming up, Robbie. And I want to just go through the v- various different um, contests um, and events that are going to be there. So maybe let's uh, 
let's kick that off, shall we? So, yeah. um, just to bring up the yeah, rising. As long as, as long as we don't have to talk about the celebrity game, then I'm all good because that's just a. a we're not talking. Yeah, we, we uh, won't talk about that. So nice, maybe nice. we'll um, start with the rising challenge. There's four teams. We've got Team Paul Gasol, Team Tamika, Team Jalen, and Team Detlef, which uh, which I'm loving. Yeah. Um, you can see, and I won't go through all the players here on the screen here, but as you can see, maybe you want to point out some of the guys you're looking forward to, to watching in this uh, Rising Stars Challenge. Well, look, I mean, probably the, the first and the second scene, there's a lot of people I'd be interested to see there. You know, that first scene, just having Wemby and, and Brandon Miller would be exciting. Um, obviously, seeing our own Dyson Daniels on the team to make a, to make a captain's yep. team there, so that'll be great to see Daniels. He seems like he's had a few little... Um, stints at these All-Star Game activities over the last couple of years. Um, yeah, so probably looking forward to see the first two teams, I guess. Um, certainly some interesting names on those those rosters there anyway. So, yeah, I didn't mind the, the format the way they did this last year, so that's always a fairly entertaining game, I guess. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing Gettle Shrimp on the mic, mm. uh, you know, um, hitting in the, in the public eye, right? He's a very entertaining, well-spoken guy, and I uh, look forward to coaching that um, uh that's the G League team that he's coaching, yeah. right? So that's going to be fun. And these guys actually care. You know, unlike the All-Star game where no one mm -hmm. cares, these guys are all looking to win. And the last few years, it's been quite enjoyable, this Rising Stars Challenge. So really excited for it. Yeah, no, definitely. All right, your favorite event of the All-Star Weekend, Robbie. Do you want to take the viewers who can't see uh, the graphic on the screen? Who the contestants are going to be in the three-point yeah. test? I'm really looking forward to this, as I am every year, like you said, Woods. Um, look, it's a pretty big-name field, isn't it? They've got, what, five of the guys, three, six, six All-Stars in it. So it's only Larry Markin, who was an All-Star last year. And Malik Beasley is probably really the only player that's not like a household name, you'd say, on that one. So really good field. Um, Malik Beasley, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton, um, Dollar, Dame Dollar, Larry Markin, Donovan Mitchell, Big Cat, and our boy Trey Young. So, yeah, looking forward to see it. Um, Look, it's hard to pick a winner. I know Cat's won it before. Um, Dame Lillard, you certainly think, could be a chance. And, and Halliburton's just, you know, killing it from outside the three-point line the last couple of seasons. I'll put my homer hat on. I'm going to say Trey brings it home for the ATL and he's the, the three-point contest winner in this one. What are your thoughts? Ooh. I'm going to go Malik Beasley, man. Malik uh, Beasley. You yeah, heard it from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope Trey wins. Mm. <laughs> All right. The skills challenge. Um, we got three teams in the skills challenge. We got team paces, team top picks, and team all stars. Uh, the team all stars consists of Scotty Burns, Tyrese Maxey, and Trey Young. Team top picks, which is the pick of the public, I presume, Robbie, Paolo Banchero, Anthony Edwards, and Wemby, Victor Wembanyama. And then, obviously, with the all star weekend being in Indiana, team pace consists of Tyrese Halliburton. Benedict Matherin and Miles Turner. Um, I'm going to go team All-Stars on this one. Some guys with a, a bunch of skills um, in Scotty Barnes, Tyrese, Maxie, Young. Um, what are your thoughts? Is there definitely not an error on that slide there, Woods? I can't see any Anatokounmpo brothers. So is there any is there any reason why they're not doing this um, competition again and butchering it? God, they were a hard watch the last couple of years, I think. So, no, some good names in this one, isn't it? Some, some very big names there. Obviously, you've got the hometown Pacers team there. Um, 
Look, I won't say that uh, the trade team wins again. I'll, actually, I'll say the top picks one works. I'd love to see how Wemby's going to look on that little course there, the skills challenge. I um, quite like a skills challenge. I always think it's something I'd like to have a go of myself, just to you know, throwing, be throwing those bounce passes at speed and doing all those sort of things. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say team top picks with the, you know, not the, the best name there, but I'll say they might, might win this one. Yeah, it's interesting, team top picks. Team All-Stars, they've got Frank Collins, Scotty Barnes and Victor Wembanyama are very good with handling the ball mm-hmm. um, and Paolo as well. Whereas Team Pacers have got someone like a Miles Turner who's probably, you know, one guy lets you down in the skills challenge. Potentially mm-hmm. that could cost you. So I think Team Pacers might struggle with Miles Turner on that team. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. All right. Um, now, you really enjoyed this last year, the Slam Dunk Contest. Uh he even got a Mac McClung jersey on the back of his victory, right? I did, I did. Um, so tell me, tell the, tell the audience who the contestants are and what do you think of the, the field this year? I enjoyed it last year. We mentioned how much I like the three-point comp. I'm not that excited about this field, Wood. So you've got Jacob Toppin there, so brother of Obi Toppin. So I'm sure probably no one listening to this or watching this would have any idea who he is. Um, You've got Mac McClung, who, whose roster is he even on now, Woods? So he's, he seems to have bounced around rosters and G League spots and that. Um, look, you had to have him back, right? He was um, he was amazing last year. I think he's an absolute shoe-in to win this year. I'd, I'd say, yeah, no chance anyone even comes to <coughs> him there. Um, look, um, you've got um, the Miami rookie there. I, I don't know much about his dunking ability, so we'll say he could be okay. Um, Jalen Brown, I gave my thoughts on that last week. Um, look, the guy... Hasn't exactly shown he can dribble. He's a great player. I don't want. Don't get me wrong. He's a great player, but struggles a little bit dribbling wise there. So I'm surprised. I wouldn't see him as a prolific, you know, um, dunker. I can't really remember him throwing any massive ones down in the NBA. So for me, Mac Mac McClung in a landslide there. But wow, what a what a poor field of players there, Woods. You know, they're trying to get this dunk comp back on track there. You know, why can't they get some more all stars there? And I think it's a, you know, why can't some of these players put their hand up there? It's almost like the Le- LeBron thing there. They're worried. I think embarrassing themselves. I don't know what it is, but we've seen the legend grow, you know, back in the days when we were growing up watching with people like Dominique and sure. obviously Michael Jordan and those sort of guys there, and they're still remembered for it now. And now we're getting dunk comps with guys that literally aren't even playing on NBA rosters. So a little bit disappointing. So, yeah, watch the three-point comp and have this as a bit of an afterthought. That's that's my thoughts. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Jacob Toppin, you know, fair, fair enough, I have as you yeah, he, he's he's a, still a player in the N- N- NBA. Yeah. As you said, Mac won it last year, but does he even play in the NBA anymore? You know, he's still in the G League. Like, it yeah. would be nice to get some guys who are actually in the league to, to participate in the contest. Wow. Let's forget about the LeBron James and the guys that are actually in the NBA, right? Well, you know what I'd love to see him do, Woods? If they're going to stick with this field of four, which that just seems like a really small number. I don't know why they can't have six or eight, but they should almost make it that those four participants going forward have to be playing in the All-Star game. So I'm sure they can get yep. four players. What is there? How many players in the All-Star game? The East have had a couple of injury replacements. So you're talking a field of, you know, 24 people or something. Surely you can find four yeah. people out of 24 to compete in a dunk comp. I mean, absolutely, they should do that. Yeah, agreed. And no, celebrity, right, well, no uh... celebrity game, I'm glad, because I didn't know who any of those people were, apart from the ex-players. So, yeah. I haven't even looked, man. So let's, um, we had a pretty quiet talk to you last week about expected to have the deadline and there were some moves so i just want to you know throw a few of those um you know acquisition uh, those um transactions out and tell me so maybe let's start off with the phoenix Suns. they received royce o'neill um 
what's Royce O'Neal going to do there for that, for, that, for that team? Obviously, they've lost a few guys in um, Utah Watanabe and, and whatnot, but um, yeah. does he help? He gives them a bit of toughness there. I don't think at this stage of his career, Bradley Beal is known as a defensive stopper there, so he might be someone that can come on and sort of assist Beal a little bit on the defensive end. Um, seems to be a player that's quite liked around the NBA and is fairly versatile there. So I think that's not a bad sign. They didn't give up a lot to get him there. So, yeah, not a bad move just to strengthen the, the team. And just quickly, the details of that trade. Royce O'Neill via the Nets. The Suns get them, get him and Dave Roddy via the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies receive Chemezi Metu. And Utah Watanabe goes back to, to, to the Grizzlies. Yeah. Um, okay, so another one I want to bring up with you here is the work uh, Mavs have done. They've added PJ Washington and Daniel Gafford. Um, and they've parted ways with Grant Williams and Seth Curry who have gone to the Hornets. Um We've already seen that these two are, are going to help uh, that Mavs front court, yeah? Mm. No, I think it's good. I mean, I've probably got them in the Knicks being the winners of the trade deadline. Um, but they certainly gave up a little bit to get to PJ Washington. That first round they've given up, if I'm not mistaken, it's a top two protected pick. So say Dallas were to have a bad season, say Luca was to get an injury and they struggled next year, that could be a really high draft pick. Obviously, there's a lot of what-ifs there, but... Yeah, I like the fit of PJ Washington going there. Um, Gafford's someone that's good. Um, Jesus certainly doesn't mess around around the rim, does he? Um, when he dunks it, you know about it yeah. there. So I think that works out well um, and some pretty good signings. They lost Seth Curry, and I think they can make up for him. And great to see that they did keep Josh Green. I know we mentioned his name last week. So I think Dallas have done well. Yep. Um, I think they would have done a whole lot better had they have, you know, maybe thrown a bit more money and, and signed um, Jalen Brunson um, a couple of seasons ago. I'm still not quite sure... People are making that out to be a big thing. Perhaps it was already, it didn't matter about the money. He wanted to go to New York and, and you know, be with his father and those sort of things. So maybe that's a, a mute point there. But yeah, I think um, Dallas had done really well. And yeah, like you said, they've already, the early returns are looking pretty good for them. Definitely. And you mentioned Nick. So let's talk about them. Alec Burks comes back to New York. They get Bojan Bogdanovic. And in, in turn, the Pistons get Vinfonia, Malachi, and Quinten, Quinton Grimes and Ryan Arch, the Arcano. A couple of those guys have been waived already from from all reports. So um, Knicks really do strong there with those guys coming in, into that roster, right? Probably highway robbery would be the word that I'd describe to, to talk about that trade. That's just absolutely horrendous there, Woods. I mean, Burks has been good this year. He's obviously a former Nick, but um, yeah, Bojan Bogdanovic there, you know, he's got playoff experience there. He's someone that you can start or you can bring him off the bench. Pretty versatile player. He can probably play, you know, at least two or three positions there. Um, so I think they've done really well. And they've, they've had a really good season trade-wise there. And I think the Knicks are no longer a laughing stock there. They've got a lot of weapons on that team now. And I really like what they've done. So, yeah, big ups to the Knicks there. As for Detroit Woods, again, just had to shake their head on what they're doing. I mean, they actually waived Killian Hayes. So what he was here with top six draft pick, was it two or three, three seasons yep. ago maybe? So... Um, and I thought he had a few skills there. I'm just not sure whether he'll go to another team and suddenly find it, but they continue just to baffle me with some of the moves they make in that, that front office there in Detroit. Yeah, definitely. I'm a, I'm a, I was a big fan of Killian Hayes, and I thought that parting ways with him after investing so much time on him was probably a silly move. And I think, as you said, he, he finds a, a more uh, conducive environment for him to be successful. We might see him succeed. All right, so the Nets, okay, the Nets have received Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young, who's since been waived, and the Raptors have re- uh, get Spencer Dinwiddie, who's also been waived. So um, Dennis Schroeder at the Nets, where Spencer Dinwiddie going to end up? 
they already in somewhere. I think he already has ended up with the Lakers. I think yeah. it's official now. Yeah, he was yeah. sitting, he was yeah. sitting with yeah, Rob Flinka, yeah. aka Rob Lowe, on the weekend. So, yeah, that's yeah. all signed, sealed. And I think that's a good move for them. They'll probably do a timeshare arrangement with him and um, him and D'Angelo um, Russell there. So, I think that's a good move. I'm not a big fan of, of Russell there. Um, yeah, in terms of the Nets there, look, obviously, you know, we're both big fans of DS17 there. He had a great World Cup there. Um, I think he can offer them something there. Um, he's probably got a, a little bit maybe more offensive skill than Dinwiddie has just in terms of, you know, being able to get to the basket and his outside shot as well. So, um, yeah, like you said, a lot of these trades are just basically people that are being bought out and everything else like that. So it's a bit of a strange time, isn't it? So at least all these players that are being bought out aren't all going to go to good teams. I think they've changed some of the rules there. Lakers maybe have been an exception getting Dinwiddie there. But, yeah, interesting anyway. All right, a couple more I want to touch on. You Philly, they're fine, Curry. They've also got services of Buddy Hill now um, and Cameron Payne. How are you guys going to help Philly? Firstly, shout out to Buddy Hill, my daughter Emily's favorite player there. So I'm probably on the uh, looking at getting another jersey for him, which will be expensive. And I'm not sure. I said to her, I don't want to get it because he's probably going to be, he might just be a rental there and find a new team. So maybe we'll see how he goes there. Um, I actually think he might have been, uh, maybe with apologies to Bogdanovich, the biggest name player in um, in basically this, this trade deadline there, Woods. Um, he's someone that I think he's probably outstayed his welcome there in Indiana. I wasn't getting the opportunities, but he's someone that can legit, you know, help any team there. I think since he's come in the league, he's made the second most three-pointers out of any player behind behind Steph Curry there. So that's a pretty amazing stat. We know that basically the NBA these days is just, you know, like an NBA, a, a three-point shooting competition, essentially. So having Buddy Hills big there didn't give up a lot at, at all to get him there. So I think if they can get Embiid back healthy, pair them with, you know, Maxi, Buddy, you know, Embiid, I think that's a pretty good trio there. So I think Philly did pretty well in that trade. And, um, you know, getting campaign as well, you know, you're not a bit of a straight swap, I guess you're giving up a point guard and getting one in return there. But, yeah, I thought Philly did, did probably under the radar a bit in that, in that deadline trade there. Yep, I agree with you. Finally, Gordon Hayward. To OKC, veteran come in probably might even close games for them once mm. he's fit and healthy. I think that's a good acquisition for that lineup, right? Yeah, no, like I mean, he's someone that's always been a popular player throughout his career. It's always just been the health that's you know really let him down these last five or six seasons. So hopefully they can get something out of him and he can you know be that veteran presence they need because they do have a very young roster there. So yeah, I think there's no um, no issues for me with that trade and getting getting Hayward on the team. Yep, totally agree with you. A couple of other moves, Pat Beverly going to Milwaukee, Doug McBucket's coming back to Indiana. Um, any other uh, from the deadline you wanted to discuss? Not really. I mean, it's probably more some of the teams that didn't make trades. I mean, we talked about the Hawks last week. Um, obviously, they stayed pat there. They didn't trade guys like DeJounte, some of these other players. Um, apparently, there was a really close deal, I heard um, a few people saying, with the Pelicans there, but the Pelicans were insistent on getting... Um, Double O on Yekka Okongwu. So Okongwu is on a really good rookie um, contract at the moment. So I think the Hawks just weren't willing to do that. And we can see how he's played in these games with Capella out. So I'm glad they didn't sort of rush and, and make a bit of a, a rush trade there. And I'm, look, I'm excited to see this Hawks team when we go over there next month, Woods. Um, yeah, just disappointed that we're not going to be seeing Embiid. But yeah, at least we'll be seeing the Hawks team as we know it right now anyway. Awesome, Robbie. Yep. Um... Getting out of the business end as well after the All-Star break, approaching, you know, playoff time. So really exciting time of year. Now tell me, how's, how's my internet doing today? Good to do Classic Packs? Or? Um, I still feel like it's wireless and you need to unplug and you start your motor, but I think we can do Classic Packs Woods. Yeah, let's give it a go. I think it is my computer, and from next week, it's a new computer. So let's hope this comes out okay. Yeah. yeah? 
we need to do Woods. We'll probably tease it a bit at the end while you're opening that. But we have a couple of legends of the game coming on. I'm not going to spoil the names now, but I'm talking legendary NBL players there and, and players that have played for Australia as well. So, um, yeah, you want to make sure your connection and your computer are looking good for next week, bro. Sure. I've got your favourite Skybox in Oslo edition. You didn't want to. Nice, nice. Some pretty artwork. Um, let's hope for Hawks players, no Danny Manning, and maybe like a, a Kevin Duckworth or one of those guys we always pull here. Hey, this player played for the Sacramento Kings and has the same surname of a, of a Perth Wildcats import from 1990. He was a white guy. Oh, um, Bobby Hansen. Bobby Hansen. Liking that stuff? And I'm referring to who? Oh. Yeah. Look at that car. They couldn't even get him on the court. Yeah. These are the Series 2 ones. Okay. The, the so there could be a few interesting names in this, yeah. Okay. Um, he was well known for being bespectacled while he played. Had a great career with the Lakers. Um, he's Kurt featured Rambus. heavily on the... Yeah, Kurt, Kurt. Is it I was loving the shorts there. Yeah, it's funny. People don't always automatically think of Kurt Rambis with Phoenix, don't they? It's always the Lakers the team they think of. So, yeah, obviously had some time with the Suns. Listed under six foot. This player also featured on the rap, rap C that uh, was put out in the early 90s. You Dana Barros? Had jersey of his. Dana Barros? Dana Barros. Nice. Love that guy. He was a great player to watch. Center from the Milwaukee Bucks. Had a long career. White guy wore number 43. Frank Rakowski? No. Brad Lowhouse? Nope. Uh, that's my two, two big white guys that played for Milwaukee. Um... Jack Sigma. Uh, Jack Sigma, of course. I should have got that. Yeah, he's a more high-profile player than him. So, yeah, no, good one. Got a um, Chicago Bulls checklist card. Nice. It's gone. Wouldn't it be funny if some of these checklist cards were actually worth a lot of money, Woods? But, yeah, I'm sure they're not. Number 18 forward for the Cavs. Outstanding player. Hot Rod Williams? Um, Hot Rod Williams. Nice. You're testing me out with these clues in your internet connection, Woods. I'm doing my best, brother. Okay. He is known for being a great three-point shooter. Um, works for NBA TV. Really? pick of the land. Really? Dennis Scott. A few, also rookie card too. A few of these guys have rocked these jerseys, haven't they? So a bit of a Dana Barros 3D there. So yeah, big fan of 3D. This guy was always the third string center of various different teams. Uh, Left-hander. He was featured heavily on the um, the documentary, the Bulls documentary. Um, he played behind... Bill Wennington. Oh, um, Scott Williams. On the last dance. Not wider. Oh. Um, on the very end of the bench. Jack Haley. Joe Klein. 
Ah, oh, Joe Klein. Yeah, well, yeah, it's funny. I don't remember him much on the Bulls. It's always like teams like Boston that I remember him, remember him on there. But shout out to Joe Klein. The the greatest free shooter of all time, I think, or one of the top two, also had a small coaching stint here in Australia, which yeah, was Mark Price. Which was yeah, unsuccessful. Didn't, didn't go too well here, but no, great free throw shooter, a great player. I remember playing with him on. I think it was NBA Showdown 94, Woods. You might remember that one. It was back on Sega. What a great make, game. Make every shot that he used to take. Yeah. So I used to like playing with the Cavs with Mike Price. We've, we've got these guys cut so many times. Um, probably one of the most famous people from in New York City. Big man and center. Not Patrick Ewing again. Crikey's. I'm tipping Woods. You've probably got a whole folder of Patrick Ewing cards after these ones we pull. We seem to get his card every second week. It's unbelievable. Okay. I know very little about this guy. Center from the Golden State Warriors. Doesn't even say his number. In fact, I can't give you any clues. College? Doesn't even say that on the back of these cards. This is going to be a hard one to get. Steve, Steve Johnson. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't have picked that one. <laughs> Looks like he's getting blocked as well, so it's not the not his finest moment on that card. Okay, Miami Heat checklist card. Do checklists. Wow. Rip it up, as we always do. Shout out to Lee Ellis. Shout out to Lee. When we're in Vegas, you've said, you've stated many times, like, go to the casino and do this. Uh, oh, uh, Kevin Gamble. Kevin Gamble. <laughs> oh, it's Kevin Gamble. would be good at the casino. Okay, a famous actor named Bert. Uh, Jerry Ice Reynolds. Jerry Ice Reynolds, yes. Oh, so he could fill it up, that guy, back in the day for the magic. Don't know much about this guy. Six foot seven Ford from Miami wearing number 54. You might know this. Such an odd number to 50 have. 50 what? 55. 55. Not, not Bimbo Coles, no. Um, He's a Ford 67. Okay. Um, oh, Keith Askins? Billy Thompson. Oh, okay. Billy Thompson. I do remember him, yeah, but yeah, I probably wouldn't guess that one. Not bad for Series 2 pack, you know, normally these ones. Not bad. We got Ewing, we got 3D, we got Dana Barros. At least there was a few players at night there. So, yeah, we've had, we've had worse ones. So, no, that was fun. All right, why don't you take us out, man, and uh, let me know a little bit about where we can be found, followed, and, and all of that. Sounds good, mate. So, yeah, please make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, if you listen to the audio, please make sure you subscribe to those um, weekly so you know when they drop. Um, in terms of social media, we can be followed on X at throwbackshoops, Instagram throwback.hoops, um, and our email address is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Um, there's also Patreon that we mentioned most weeks. Um, if anyone wants to pledge some support there, just go on to Patreon and search Throwback Hoops. Um, and, yeah, look, as I mentioned, um, I've been busy um, recruiting, trying to get some guests coming on. So I know we're both really excited. So we've got a special guest next week and then one, two weeks after that. So we're obviously, you know, going on our trip in, you know, about 40 days, I think, now. So we'll definitely bring out um, some, some special episodes before we go there. But, yeah, really looking forward, really encourage everyone to to tune in next week to see who this special guest is. Um, maybe I'll give a few clues there, Woods. Um, an NBL champion, um, 
you know, stalwart of the Australian Boomers Olympic team there. So I won't give any more clues there, but yeah, a massive name of Australian basketball and really looking forward to, to have a chat with him next week. Awesome. Yeah, really excited, man. And uh, as you said, get, my, uh, get, get another computer out here so the internet connection is good for Definitely next week. Definitely do that. Definitely do that. Yeah. We appreciate everyone's patience and uh, ongoing support. And until we do this all again next week, it's a uh, warm uh, goodbye from Robbie I and the team at Throwback. Peace out. Peace out.